All right, Rob. We are bit, we've been passing our time here in lockdown in the UK and the United States, and we have some things to talk about today. And I, first of all, I guess you're catching up on your TV. Is that is that how you're spending your time? Yeah, pretty much. We we've made a list. Uh, we've got a list of all the shows from every different service: Netflix, Disney Plus, which actually launched since we've recorded last. Um, you know, Amazon Prime stuff that we've paid for. Um, and yeah, we finally got around to watching the morning show, which is really good. <laughs> we ended up watching that really quickly. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it myself. Um, it's it's probably it's so far my favorite Apple TV show, so TV Plus show, I guess. Uh, really really well done. Yeah, I I kept finding myself I, I'm sat there like watching it, and I'm like, I don't think I'd ever consider Jennifer Aniston as like a like a really good actress. Like I, you know, she's good. In the things that she's done, which is a lot of like comedies and right. rom coms, that kind of thing. But I've never sort of, I've never thought of her as like an amazing actress. But in this, she, she, I mean, everybody in the show is really good. But like, it was just kind of surprising because like really the only thing I've seen her in is Friends. I guess I've probably seen a couple of her movies as well. Yeah, she's really good in it. Uh, all the characters, I think, all the all the actors in it are super well done and. You know, I've actually got an app for you for tomorrow as we record this called TV Forecast that you should check out. It's a pretty cool TV tracker app. It's coming out on iOS. TV Forecast was around forever ago. Um, It was an app made by Matt Comey, who I believe is Australian, and he is back with kind of a reboot of it, and the design is just fantastic. I've really enjoyed using it. I've actually been using it since last may when he first sent out a beta and it's really come a long way over that time and it's it's become my favorite tv tracker so look out for the uh the review on mac stories tomorrow because i i just finished it up right before we started recording and does it i have one question does it sync with that service that every all the tv trackers use what's it called tracked yes, or something tracked, is, is that yes track tv it, it has it can, you can do that yes okay good because i'm I can't. Re- I'm working on something for myself, and I'm going to be using those APIs. So I'll be a bit more interested in one of these apps. But yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for yeah, it. Yeah, it's interesting because I've tried so many different TV trackers all the time to- uh, over the years, and the majority of them use Tracked. And I- my sense is just from using the apps, not having really looked into it, is that there's a portion of that API that's free and a portion of it that's paid, and you can get things like trending and popular and some recommendations without actually paying for the API because I see this in a lot of apps. Um, And then there's, I think the syncing though must be paid or maybe the recommend, some aspect of it is paid, I believe. But in in any event, um, yeah, you, you see a lot of apps that use Track TV and Track TV as a result, it, there's a certain sameness to a lot of these apps. I think TV Forecast does a mm. good job of organizing things a little differently than you've probably seen before for a TV tracker. In some respects, it's a lot simpler. Uh, and as a result, it's it's really the first one that's stuck with me. Yeah, I think, as I say, because I've been sort of looking at some things for various different APIs, and mm-hmm. if you look at tracks. API documentation I can see why as as you said like a lot of these apps end up the same because just the way the data is structured right 
Right, exactly. They have these specific endpoints. You go, oh, there's trending, and here's what's popular, and here's what's coming out today or tomorrow right, or whenever. Right. And, you know, if you're coming to this and you go, right, I'm going to build this TV tracking app. Tracked is what everybody uses. I don't really think there's a lot of alternatives. Um, yeah, you're kind of, you're almost always going to end up in in the same situation, at least at the basic part. You're going to go, right, all of these API endpoints, I need to support that. Right. And then, as you say, you, you kind of need a little bit more imagination or sort of different thinking to differentiate your app from everybody else. Yeah, exactly. For me, what's what's different about TV forecast is kind of the structure of the navigation and what information shows up where. And I think that's where it kind of becomes a unique app because you're right everybody's using these same endpoints and as a result you know you're going to get the same you're going to get the same information when it comes to things like episode titles and dates and uh, cast and all those sorts of things it's more in the way it's designed and displayed that really has drawn me to this particular one yeah cool well um yeah so apple dropped the the mythical new se yeah, today i know which feels like it's been like every single week for like the last what month or two it's been like oh it's it's coming next week or it's always oh, two weeks away and it's actually you know actually out now and you can buy it what friday or something yeah tell me about it i mean literally i there have been moments where i'm like stuck in front of my desk thinking oh it's gonna come out i can't go do something because i don't want to get caught uh, away from my desk when that kind of thing drops. And today, Ryan was kind of on call, so he he wrote about the iPhone SE. Um, yeah, I, I find I, I think it's really it's nice, but it's not really exciting. It, it's good, I guess, if you would rather have Touch ID and you want a smaller phone. I like that the white one has a full the full front is black, which oh yeah you know, wasn't the case with older white phones in the past. So that's a nice change. Uh, it's got nice, you know, internals. It's a nice modern phone in that sense. So it's 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 a solid offering. I know I would have gotten this for Jennifer, my wife, um, if if it were available. Like, I don't know when it was I got her a phone, maybe six seven months ago. But she was using a hand me down S six S at the time that the battery was just totally shot. So it was time. So she has an 11 now, and she's gotten used to the Face ID. Um, she didn't like it first, I don't think. I mean, I think it's an adjustment. Definitely is an adjustment for a lot of people. But Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the good thing about the SE, though, I think in the same way when we spoke about the MacBook Air, and it is there's now, if somebody came up to you, you don't know this person, you know nothing about them, and you say, I want an iPhone, You could they could buy this one. You could tell them to buy the new SE, and you know they're still going to have a decent phone. Yep. Which which hasn't always been the case when there's sort of these three or four year old models hanging around. You know, yeah, it might be fine for six months, but then if Apple like sort of drops support or you only get updates for like another year, then it's maybe not as good an investment. Whereas this is, you know, this is presumably going to be supported for another sort of four, maybe five years, potentially longer, given that it's the internals of the eleven. Right. Yeah, no that that is a very good point, and that's that's the reason why to get this phone as opposed to. I mean, I think, you know, before you had the as you said the older models, which by their very nature of having the older chipsets in them means they're not going to be supported for as long. So that is definitely an advantage of this 
this uh, SE plus you know it's a reason it's a relatively reasonable price compared to a lot of the bigger phones which are uh, get very pricey very fast oh yeah I mean if it wasn't for face ID if I wasn't used to face ID this would probably be my next phone in all honesty because yeah. I'm I'm kind of at that point where I you know I don't use the camera maybe as much as I should or I want to but it is what it right. is um and I could totally see myself buying this. I'm not sure I could go back to Touch ID now, just because I'm so used to Face ID and it's been pretty reliable for me. Yeah. But um, you know, this is—I mean, even at work, like our, our customers will say, you know, what what phone should we I buy, or you know, what tablet and stuff like that. And depending on the price range, like an iPhone can get pretty expensive, especially compared to like some of the alternatives on Android. Whereas now, like. We can point to this and say, right, this is like four hundred and twenty pound. I think in the UK, like this is a good phone. We know it will it will last. It will be decent for at least three or four years. Um, and, you know, and it's kind of just nice to be able to point people that way and just go, yes, this is the correct answer. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, definitely a, a quality phone. I mean, I think the Touch ID, if you've been using Face ID, is hard to go back to. I mean, I only say that because. I do have an iPad mini, which has touch ID and it, it feels old as a result. I mean, part of it is that now I'm using that iPad mini with, with a trackpad some of the times. And it, it, now it's like one of the only things I have to do to reach out to like, you know, get a password enabled or something. It's, it, it feels old in that sense. Plus because it, it's got touch ID, uh, a, bu- a physical button, you don't have like the tap to wake which I didn't realize how much I rely on until I started using the mini. I mean, I, you know, you very much, very often I'll have my phone just sitting on a table and I'm curious if I have any notifications and it may be, you know, kind of at arm's length and I just give it a quick tap and see if there's anything there. And you can't do that if you've got touch ID. No, definitely not. So so. The, uh, the keyboard though is I, I got that on order right away. Uh, it, oh, of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that I got the new iPad Pro and then I returned it without opening it? No, I think you missed that. I mean, in fact, I think something we didn't talk about, which I'll just briefly do, is last week we were going to record. <laughs> yes. And you didn't put it in your calendar. Um, I had it in my calendar. But I thought when it was Wednesday, I thought it was Tuesday. <laughs> and then the morning after, so Thursday morning, I said, oh, I'm recording a podcast today. And then Jess said to me, but it's Thursday. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay, so we've just completely missed it. So Yeah, yeah, that was kind of funny. But but yeah, I did. I bought it. It came and it was, God, I, you know, it's it's this time thing again. I totally forget when this was. It was probably three weeks ago now. But it came one of the first days, and I'd already decided, because by then I knew all the details about it, that I really didn't need it, and it was expensive. So I left it in the box, took it back to a FedEx place. The FedEx guy and I clearly did not want to interact any more than we absolutely had to. So I based, because, you know, I'd already pre-labeled it and everything. I just brought it in. I said, I have this for drop-off. And he's like, fine, just leave it. And I put it on the counter and I walked away, right? (laughs) And then afterwards I was thinking, oh, you know, I really should have gotten a receipt for that with a tracking number uh, because this is an expensive thing. And then I started getting more nervous as time went on. After about, on the fifth day, after I had not heard anything, 
I started getting really concerned that now I had spent, you know, like thirteen hundred dollars and and <laughs> and had no iPad either. Uh, and then finally, like late that afternoon, I got an email from Apple saying that they had received it and I got my credit. So that was that was good. But I returned that and decided, especially since this keyboard is backwards compatible with the 2018 model, I would get that because I do a lot of typing and I really like the Magic Keyboard Folio. Uh, the, no, it's not the Magic Keyboard Folio. It's the Smart Keyboard Folio. I have to get my terminology correct because I have a way of getting that, thinking these words in the wrong order and then writing them <laughs> down and then getting myself in trouble when the internet corrects me. So, I mean, if you, if you get iPad stuff wrong with me, I'm not going to be able to tell I you. I know, so. I know. But, uh, <laughs> well, I have, I've, got, I've got other people I work with who would be very offended if I got that wrong. Um, but this new keyboard just looks fantastic because one, it's backlit. Two, it's like, it's it's supposedly the magic keyboard hardware that you get with a laptop so nice keyboard i've always been happy with the magic keyboards uh it has that whole tilt mechanism it's got power pass through so you can charge it uh you can ch you can charge it up through one port and use the other one for accessories i mean it's just it looks like a uh you know a nice a nice thing and it does look like it's going to be a little chunky a little heavy but for the most part i'll still have my you know, my, my keyboard folio and i can take that with me if i ever go out of the house again and type somewhere else uh and i can leave this one at home because i do use my ipad today with an external keyboard an awful lot of the time because it's just more comfortable i mean i i like the smart keyboard folio but I, I you know I, I'm not a I'm not a real crazy keyboard person, but a comfortable keyboard that's full size I do prefer. So when I can, I type on that. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. I um I did find myself again. I think we because it had just come out when we recorded last time. Right. But I kind of found myself again looking at it and pricing the iPad up and stuff like that. And but then the PS5 controller got got <laughs> revealed, and I was like, "All oh, right, yeah, the PS5's coming, so I'm probably going to want that, and it's probably not going to be cheap." No, uh, it's so not. I kind of, I've decided, you know, maybe I should put some money away towards that because, you know, if if they if they announce some game that I, you know, there's there's a few on my in my head that I'm like, right, if they announce this, I'm just going to have to buy it straight away. Um, so yeah, I, I, but yeah, I, I I still just look at the the new Magic keyboard um case whatever the hell it's <laughs> called um and it it just looks really cool like i said i don't think anyone's really got their hands on it yet to to try it or see any reviews but i'm really interested to see like sort of what it's like for people to actually use it sort of you know your situation's a good one where you use it quite a lot on a desk um and i'm sure people are going to sort of take it out and about when when we're allowed out again right um but yeah, I, I'm certainly interested in it, but I'm not buying one at the moment. Yeah, it's look, it's it's not a cheap thing at all, not at all. But uh, you know, if you type as much as I do, it's nice to have a, a good keyboard that's comfortable to type on, and that's really all it comes down to. What do you think of that PS5 controller? I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, I, it looks a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it seems like for the most part it's very similar to the the current like the ps4 controller in terms of size um but i can't quite work out what's going on with those buttons they kind of look a bit flush and, and a bit strange but i don't it's kind of weird that they're like 
here's the new controller. It's basically just a picture. Like they're not really telling you anything about right. it. Um, so you know, I I don't really know. It feels like Microsoft has sort of shown all their cards, and Sony are being a bit slower about it. And they're like, right, here's the controller, and then eventually, presumably, they're going to show us the console. And you know those things that go with it. We call it games. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I assume know. they're going to announce some of them as well. Uh, even even uh, Microsoft hasn't done a very good job on that front, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, I, well, I don't like the look of it a lot myself. Just the aesthetics of it, I guess. It it looks to me like the combina- the two tone is designed to make it less, look less chunky than it actually is. It actually. Reminds mm. me a little bit of the chunkiness of the Xbox One controller, which I don't like. But when you look at the the sticks and you look at the key, the, you know the the buttons and everything, all that is the same as the old DualShock controller. So my guess is it'll be fine. But I wasn't really thrilled thrilled by it by any means. No, I mean, and again, it feels like one of those things where. I don't care that much. Like, it's not like they've announced a, like a, an N64 looking controller. Um, right. You know, it's got its buttons on it. It's got the two analog sticks. I don't really care. I just want to know what games are coming with it and how much this thing's going to cost yeah, me. Yeah, it's supposed to have, you know, a nice haptic feedback. That could be an interesting component of it, but they didn't really talk about that in any real substantive way. But when it comes down to it, you know, there's a, there are differences between the, the, the hardware in these two consoles, but every single generation, it's really come down to the games and especially come down to, in the first year or two, the exclusives on each platform, which are going to really make or break the console regardless of what the hardware can do. Because people eventually do a pretty good job, you know, developers do a good job coming up with games that take advantage of that particular hardware. And... It's the games that make a, a big difference. If you have bad games that just run fast, I mean, nobody really cares about that. You want good games that run fast. Right, exactly. And, and Nintendo have, have also kind of, you know, they've always done this, but you don't even need, like, really good hardware. Like, as long as you've got games that people want to play, regardless of what it is, you can still sell consoles. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. Um what else we got today, Rob? I guess we need to talk about Animal Crossing and how you're not playing it. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing it. Uh, I yeah. because I know that it's it's sort of a an endless game. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no end to it. Yes. I I cannot trust myself. It's the same reason I don't own Stardew Valley. It's not because I don't know it's a good game. It's because I cannot trust myself to have a game where there's not some kind of defined finishing point doesn't matter how long that takes like horizon zero dawn i think i played for like a hundred hours um but it had an end i was like right i have finished this game now (laughs) but with something like animal crossing i just know i'm going to be playing it for months and months and months and that might sound like a weird complaint but (laughs) i i'm probably more likely to get bored with it before i've kind of done everything yeah i definitely can see that i i've really been enjoying it uh, it's been a nice distraction it's a lot of fun to do but i really didn't like the bunny day thing that they just did explain this i don't know what was happening so one of the things they do periodically in animal crossing is they have events and events you know there's special challenges to do so this ran from the beginning of april till easter 
and you went and you collected six different kinds of eggs throughout the game. And then you would use those eggs to craft different, you know, Easter-themed swag, you know, furniture and clothes and hats mm -hmm. and shoes and all these things. And if you crafted all of the items that, uh, that were on a list, you got something special, which was going to be a surprise on Easter. So I went about doing this, collected all those eggs. And uh, first of all, people were upset that Nintendo went a little overboard at the front end of this event. And a lot of times, you know, you'd be chopping wood or doing whatever you do to get various items in the game and you'd end up with eggs. And so people were just like inundated with eggs and it got a little, got a little tedious. Right. So then they, they dialed that back with an update. And then, I, you know, I've been playing a lot. The game had just come out shortly before this event started. So I was still into it and I was keeping a nice inventory of these eggs. And then <clears throat> towards the end, right before Easter, I think it was like Friday, I said, all right, well, today's crafting day. So I, you know, I crafted everything I could to see where I stood and what eggs I still needed. And I, I was able to make just about everything, but I had to go out. I was a little short on sky eggs. So I went out and I got myself some sky eggs. And I, by Saturday night or Sunday morning, I had finished everything except for this one thing. And I was like, oh, I, I get it. This is going to be one of those things where I got to go. And I got to go talk to the Easter Bunny, and he's going to give me the, the recipe to craft this. And I was right. I went over to Zipper. His name is Zipper. The Easter Bunny is apparently named Zipper in Nintendo's okay. universe. And he gave me this, this recipe. So I, I, I uh, crafted this. Of course, you know, it required some eggs that I didn't have. So I had to go hunt some more eggs, made the thing, went back to him to get my <laughs> prize. And he said, oh, you know what, JK, actually, you need to make one more thing for me. It's going to require you to get even more things that you don't have. So that, I was, at that point, it was Easter, and I was getting a little angry with the Easter Bunny. And uh, I went out, but I did it, you know, I did the whole thing. And I don't even remember what I got. It was like nothing. It was, it was dumb. Uh, and then, of course, I had all these extra eggs. And you got to realize that, you know, there's, 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 you know, there's an inventory system and all this stuff. I had all the Easter swag that I cared nothing about littered on my lawn in front of my little house that I had built. Because all I was trying to do was to grind my way through this event and get my special treat at the end. Then I was a little disappointed with the whole thing. And then I just haven't really played much since then. I've, all that stuff is just still sitting on the ground. I've got to go, <laughs> go take it to Timmy and Tommy Nook and try to sell it all now and get some bells so that I can pay off my loan on my house. So it's very involved, Rob. It gets, it gets you, you get really deep into paying off your loans and building you know, new houses and decorating things and it you can design your clothes it gets it gets really crazy fast and because this week was going to be a kind of busy week i thought you know what i'm just going to step away for a couple of days <laughs> before i go back yeah. and, and do this again because the the one thing the other thing that drives me a little crazy is it's biased against people who pay, play at night at least in the earliest stages because like the store literally, I mean, it, it works in real time. So the store literally, literally closes at like 10 p.m. So, you know, you're actually looking at, oh, wow. looking at your watch. And you can sell things with when the store is closed by putting them in a Dropbox. But you only get like 70 or 80% of the value if you do that. So it's 
there are things about playing this game at night which aren't as fun as if you play in the day. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start playing this game like at breakfast time because <laughs> then I can I'll tell you what'll happen. I'm in lockdown. I'm in my house. I'm gonna I'm just gonna play all day and I'm not gonna get anything done. So I I you know I I keep myself away from it until I'm done for the day. But if it's late enough, it's it's no fun to play after ten o'clock. Oh, did you know what? Thank you for confirming to me what I thought. Yeah. Tris is that I don't want to get caught up in this. It's really easy to get into it really deep, really fast. You know, I had, and then I had, you know, there's like collecting the fruit and I had peaches, but Federico didn't have peaches, but he had oranges and pears. So we, you know, we did like, a, it was like a drug deal on my island. He came over and gave me some oranges and pears. He got some peaches. He went away. You know, we did did a little of that earlier in the week, uh, but it's it, it's it's I should you know I shouldn't sound so negative about it. I actually have enjoyed it a lot, and for the most part, it's very relaxing and fun. I'm not so sure that Nintendo did a good job with this particular event, but day to day, it's fun to play. You can kind of say, oh, today I'm just going to go visit some other islands and collect some things and bring them back, or I'm going to fish for a half an hour and see what I can catch and you know, sell it and that kind of thing. I mean, you don't, you don't have to get in super deep, um, but it's very easy to slip into, well, I'm going to do just one more thing or I'm going to do just one more that thing. And, and then before you know it, you know, two, three hours has passed. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. As I say, thank you for confirming <laughs> to me that I definitely shouldn't buy this game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it sounds like, sounds like, I mean, everybody seems to be having fun with it. The people that, are playing it so which is nice i think you know i'm very happy if people are enjoying it it's just i know that i know what i'm like and it's exactly what you're describing i i will get caught up in events and trying to get you know arbitrary items and that kind of thing and i just i just can't trust myself so all right well i just saw a shazam tweet earlier rob where there's a picture of lady gaga and it looks like she has a pokeball glued to her forehead Okay. I, I thought I That's... thought you ought to know, and that the listeners ought to know. This. No, thank I, you. I actually, I have confirmed during our conversation that it is exactly what I think it might be. I don't know. I just I just sent it to you in messages, but we will see see what that really is. Oh yeah, that has just come through, and I'm gonna. Yeah, it, it, it looks like a Pokeball. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, thank you for keeping me informed. You know these. these... <laughs> These are the important things I need to know about. Yeah, well, you know, I have been locked up in my house for too long, and these are the thoughts that I have now. Yeah, I think I think we all we've all been locked up a bit too much. So, but I guess next time we record, we'll try and remember and we'll not miss it. That's a, a good idea. We'll try to do it two weeks from today. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. I, unless you're going anywhere, any plans? Uh, no, no, so no plans whatsoever. No, I think I'm going to have a quiet weekend in, I think. You know. 